Sometimes because I use my video recording equipment so much, I'll accidentally leave it on. Ugh, and then I just feel like oh, somebody on the internet is just watching me. <laughs> <laughs> There's Holly making coffee. Uh, uh. There's Holly <gasps> scratching her boob. <laughs> so, I was going to say. Um, so, okay. So, um, damn. Oh, hey. So, hey. Um, where do we even start? Um, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a check in. We haven't done a check in for a little while, and we're both. Well, I'm definitely kind of tapped. Okay. So our original plan we weren't gonna we're not gonna do today. We're gonna do it later. Um. So yeah, we're just gonna check in, do our check in on home, work, love, sobriety. All right. Do you want to do a little bit of um, promo for our workshop? So- yeah. We have two dates now, um, and the we have March twenty fifth at um, what is it? Sky it's Ting. Sky Ting. Sky Ting Yoga, New Sky York. Ting. Okay. Um, and it'll be. It is not. Uh, it is not up um, and available for registration yet. It will be in the next couple of days. Hopefully, by the time this goes up. Yeah. But it'll be f- um, Saturday evening on March twenty fifth in New York City. Yeah. Um, and then the next day, um, and by the way, I already bought my plane ticket, just so you know. Um, and then the next day we are going to be teaching a workshop in Boston, um, at, uh, South Boston yoga. And that is up for registration. Um, and so, uh, you can go to Laura's website or you can go to my website, um, to find the link to purchase, uh, tickets for that. Um, yes, I'll answer a question that I've got from a few people. They have asked if there is, are we if we're doing scholarships for these or um, yeah scholarships for the registrations and we're not um, doing them for anybody because one reason like if we were going to do them for one person, you and I would definitely feel like we needed to do it for. 50 people. Um, and also we are, we are not doing this, like this is our work and, um, we have to pay for you to come out here and yeah. And um, you to come out here and we do it in California and a percentage of it goes to studios. No, it's not like a, it's not a huge profit generator for us to be honest. Um, (laughs) um, but also no, it's we're not going to, yeah, yeah. we're not going to offer them for anybody. So, um, it's, they're $149 um, for the for the workshop. We have a ton of amazing stuff planned. I mean, we're going to bring it. We're going to bring all our favorite tools and practices and ourselves and our stories. So yep. yeah. to answer that, what else do you have to promote? Um, I mean, nothing. My mantra project with Tammy Salas is, um, is for sale on my website at hipsobriety.com. And... Um, it's just a 40-day email course that sends you a mantra every day with beautiful art by Tammy Salas. Um, but that's about it. Nothing new 
this week. You're in the middle of hip sobriety school. In the middle of hip sobriety school. A new one will begin in April, late April, April 24th, I think. And then um, Tammy and I are working on more mantras. I'm also working on a couple of um, self-paced courses. Um, so there will be more stuff. But right now I'm just knee deep in, um, in school. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So I have a retreat um, coming up with Meadow. So the retreat I just got done with this past weekend in Vermont was with Meadow. It was incredible. And we have another one of those coming up uh, in April, uh, April 6th through the 9th in San Luis Obispo, uh, California. And we don't have any spots on on site on the ranch anymore, but we have, we are allowing spots, um, for you to stay anywhere you want in the, in slow. And there's a separate price for the retreat. And if you have been to a retreat with us before we are offering a discount, so, um, I can send that to you if you shoot me a message. The, um, other exciting piece of news that Meadow and I just determined recently is that we have an, a, a retreat coming up in September in Montana Ooh. at this incredible, incredible um, ranch. And we are going to make it a writing based retreat. Um, and so it is not, it's not like a workshop, like you need to be a writer to come. It's for anybody that's interested in learning about writing as a tool for recovering your voices of your of yourself telling your story we're calling it rewrite um and that will be up for sale for registration and this week that's awesome i know when are we going to pema in september yes we're going right before that right before my retreat we're going to pema okay at omega damn i want to go to all these places um and one, just one more quick thing. I have um, a workshop that I think there's a, just a couple spots left. February twelfth in New York City uh, at Skyting again. That is my uh, Art of Bravery workshop, and then I will be announcing a workshop in Portland, Maine, in May. Awesome. You know, Skyting makes me think of Wu Tang. I don't know if I told you that. No, I know that's so funny. No. Every time I hear they it, they have the greatest marketing. It's like really, it's really funny and unique and and cute. Is it Skyting or is it Skyting? It's Sky one word Ting T I N G. I have what to get it the mean? story. Yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> but every Sky-ting. time I hear it, I think of Wu Tang. Um, Cool. All right. So Maybe today, we'll have to play that in a workshop. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Actually, they have a that. recent album that's possible. Um, so okay, we're doing this episode. This is uh, this is our check-in episode. And Laura and I, the next couple episodes are going to be Laura and I shooting this shit because we've had a lot of interviews. Um, and I love our interviews. I also just love talking to you. It's so much easier. Um, so <laughs> right. Um, so today we're doing, yeah, we're doing a check-in, um, four areas of our life, uh, career, love, home, and, um, sobriety. sobriety. <laughs> you always, always forget, forget that one. You're like, why are we here? Uh, what's the, why are we? what's the, the other one? Um, <laughs> so why don't you go first and you can, you know, dealer's choice, you pick whatever you, or not even dealer's choice, receiver's choice, whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. You go first and you pick whatever one you want to talk about. Okay, I'll talk about home because I have it written down first. Um, so home, 
I have very little to say about it except for this. I, you know, now that I've been traveling so much more and um, even just going to Vermont, which is in New England, right? It's like close to where I live. But returning home yesterday, I was with Meadow in the car and she had never seen, you know, where I live. She's never even been to Massachusetts. Um, and it was like, I had this like overwhelming sense of pride and just joy. Like whenever I come home, I love it. I love it so much. I can't even stand it. One of the retreat goers texted me. She's on our team or texted me when she landed. She had like a layover here and she was like, oh my God, your your city is so beautiful. I can't stand it. And I like started crying when I got the text. I'm like, I know it makes my heart hurt. <laughs> so it's just, I just have this like really, I really love where I live and I really love uh, my home itself and it's been something I've been thinking about a lot lately and, and writing, you know, I've been thinking about like Joan Didion's writing and John Steinbeck's writing and how well they captured place as like this love affair um, and kind of incorporating that into my story in my book. So I love it. I think that's all I have to say about that. I love it. Yeah. You have yeah. a love affair with where you live and I think that's gorgeous. You've been there for 18 years and that's crazy. Oh my God. That's I know. So crazy. That is. That it's makes- almost about to eclipse the time that I haven't been here, you know, like I moved out here when I was 21. Yeah, I know. That's, um, oh my God, you're turning 40 this year. Shit. (laughs) When's your birthday again? Yes. Why can't I never, it's August, August August 23rd. I'm almost there. Um, oh my God. Okay. No. What are you doing for it? Are you serious? I don't know. It's your 40th birthday. I know. You've planned a retreat. In September, you know, everything you're doing for the rest of the year almost. It's your know, birthday. But I've never, I'm like you with your birthday. I don't think about it. Like, I know. I, I, I don't, it's not that I don't care. I really like it, but I don't have a plan. I will. I'm sure I will because this is a big one. 40 is a big one. Well, let's plan something. Let's go somewhere. Let's go like lie on a beach or something. Okay. Can we do that? Like, like, why don't, don't we jet? I don't want to. I don't want to go to the beach because it's like the summer. I think maybe we do our Spain trip. You want to do that? Do you want to do that? I would do that. I go back. Serious. We could try. Okay. 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 We'll talk about it when we're done. Well, let's. What we could do is we could just. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. Let's go mm-hmm. walk the Camino. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh my god. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Um, I bought my like room ticket by the way, and I'm really excited about that. I'm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it gets me through. It gets me through. I know. <laughs> okay. So home life. Yesterday, my good friend Steve came and um, it's just like one of those days. It was like, it's LA, it's January and I was wearing shorts and, um, you know, I. And where does Steve live? Steve lives in New York. He lives, yeah. He's one of my good friends. He lives in New York. Um, and like, it was just one of those days, like he was in my lobby and I like, we drove out to Venice and I don't know, it was such a beautiful California day and there was ocean mm-hmm. and, um, and I just like, I, I don't know how to explain. I feel so, I just feel so happy here. Um, yeah. I, it's it's very strange because I, I really, really was opposed to LA for so long. And I know I'll probably say this for way too many times for the next couple of years, but it's true. I just felt 
this wasn't my place. Um, every time I came down here, I would, I'd have near panic attacks. Driving south, my body had a, had an allergic reaction to driving south. And every time I would go back up north, like because I went to school in Santa Cruz. I mean, I lived up north from t- since uh, I moved up north on September 12th, 2001, like the day after 9-11. <laughs> Um, Mm -hmm. and so I, every time I'd go back North, I'd be like, ah, I can breathe again. And then, and then it was so ugly down here. And it's just like, there's something that's in me that just loves the grittiness of it and, and the dirt and the diversity and and the kind, like people are are much more kind. Now, now, yesterday I was on Abbott Kinney and people were not very nice. Um, it was a weird situation. People downtown are really nice. People don't honk in traffic. Like there's just this, I don't know, 750,000 people came out for that march. You know, there's like a, there's a lot of love and a lot of heart down here. Um, and I feel like I'm in a natural habitat. Um, so yeah, I think it suits you. It's like, um, as like, sort of mixed and interesting as you are like in that very specific LA way, you know, yeah. a lot of places like Boston has a lot of juxtapositions, but, but they're not your, they're not like yours. They're not mm. the, but what I would think of, I don't know. I just see you there. I see you there. I see like, you know, when someone's in the right spot. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. No, I feel like it's... I love that you're there, too. Well, I, I think there's like, also, oh. like, a geo... Like, what is that astral... Geo-astral... Whatever. That... Have you ever heard of that thing, that idea that, like, um, that there are certain places that we... Um, I, I'm not going to say it very well, but there's just, like, certain reasons why certain geographies light, light us up more than others. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, when I was in Hawaii, it didn't do that for me. And I was talking to this girl who was, like, um, you know, basically, like, making love to the island and, and like, found her soul there. <laughs> yeah. And I was yeah. like, no, and but that's Rome for me. And, um, you yeah. know, and, and I do feel like San Francisco was just off. Like, even I went up there last week, and even being there last week, I was just, like, I don't feel any – I feel dead inside towards it. But when I'm down here, I just – I love it. I actually, it's so cool too. It. Cause it changes, right? You know, as you're it like in change. different phases of your life. I remember Eckhart totally said when he, he was like called to go to the Pacific Northwest when he wrote a new earth, I believe. And he just, he had to go there and that's where he wrote it. Yeah. No. And I get yeah. that. I do get that. I do get that very much because I used to feel that way about San Francisco. I used to like, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to feel very strongly towards it. Um, but I do, I do think it mirrors the times of our lives. Um, but anyway, yeah, my home life is good. I need to, I need to nest. Um, I need an interior decorator really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm <laughs> like, or at least somebody that just knows how to put wallpaper up. That's kind of it. Um, and a handyman. I don't know. I, I need to like, like, I'm not need like you. Help. I don't know how to do things in my home. Um, Dude, I don't. I don't either. You know how to hang paintings. You hang paintings. Well, that I know. But yeah, I, I don't need. I don't know how to make a a room feel like I want it to feel. Really, I need uh, like massive help with that. But yeah. Anyway, but yeah, my home life is good. I love my home life. I'm, I love where good. I live. I love being here. I love being close to my sister. I love all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heart California. I heart LA. All right. Um. All right. What's the next one? I know. I'm like looking down the list now. I'm like, what do I want to do? I'll do sobriety because we always do that one last. Um, (laughs) That's a surprise. Okay. Why not? Let's do sobriety. 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 So 
this is what I know about how I feel about sobriety. I, this retreat this past weekend, there were uh, about five or six people that were in their first six months of sobriety. And um, I haven't been going to meetings as often lately, so I'm not around as many people that are, you know, face to face um, that are new, really, really new. And um, one in particular, I just felt so it was such a like, it's it was such a good reminder and such a it just makes me feel so, so lucky, um, because I'm not at it. Like it gets so much better. It gets so much better. And it's very easy to, if I'm not face to face, one-on-one connected with the early people who are in the very early part to get, to get detached from that. Yeah. Um, and so it was, I, I, I just wanted to like, and I did like hug her and tell her like, it just gets so much better. It's not, everything won't be such a struggle. Every moment won't be such a struggle. Everything won't be so intense, you know? And it's like, I still, I, I is still the thing I'm most grateful for every single day of my life, but it is not like, it's like when you break up with someone and the first, you know, whatever, six months, year, it's like the first thing you wake, you know, it's on your mind first and foremost, constantly all the time and in a painful way, in a, in a struggle way. Um, for me, it was anyway. And, and this, you know, and then you wake up one day and you realize like, as you're walking home from work or whatever, or you're doing the dishes that you haven't thought about it all day. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, I, I, breathed. I didn't, I didn't have to try to not do that thing. I didn't have to try to, to breathe. And so I'm in that place. It feels like I can breathe and it's just this thing I sort of know about myself and I'm not struggling against it or for it anymore. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say about it. It's just still like the very sweetest gift ever but it's not painful anymore. And I never thought it would not be painful. I thought it would always be painful. I really did. Well, we're kind of conditioned to believe that, you know, I don't like, you don't really hear the stories of, uh, I don't know. I, I just, life of deprivation was all I could think of and, and that it would never end. Yeah. It's a, it's a very different, it's a very different outcome than I think most of us have been led to believe. So it's, um, yeah. And it just is one of those things too. Like you don't know it until you know it. You just like, you can't see you it. You can't no. know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. Um, yeah. What about you? It's good. Um, uh, I don't know. I never know how to answer Where this Where are one. you now? I know. Where are you right now? Like what, what how your anniversary is in April, right? Yeah. Let me check it out here. Um, 1,387 days since I quit drinking. Um, I don't know what that is. I don't do the one with the months and the stuff. Um, I do. Right. Um, I think I don't know anymore. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I, um, almost 1,400 days 
almost four years. And I also count back, like it's been over four years if we count back to when I started. And I like to encourage people to look at the date that they actually started to try. Um, because mm-hmm. I think it's a much more encouraging thing to remember that we've, you know, been been at this for much longer than, you know, just the, you know, it's it's not about just the day you stop drinking. You know, it's not just about right. not drinking. It's about so much more. And a lot of times that number gets boiled down to something else. But it's almost four. It'll be almost four years since I've had a drink of alcohol, which is just um, That's wild. It feels like it should be so much longer and so much shorter. Right. I know. It's that weird, (laughs) weird time thing. Yeah. Well, the first year when I hit one year with that, it was, um, it was like, finally, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and also like, it was just it for some reason it wasn't because so much happens in one year. You're just like that first year. So much happens. You're like, it, it really truly feels like that a year happened (laughs) for me like six months ago. Um, (laughs) Right. Like, or less. Yeah. yeah. It's like when you're on this retreat um, this weekend after the first day, Meadow and I were having conversations about things that happened the day before. And she's like, that, what, that, that was, was like, yesterday. What, was that? <laughs> yeah. She's like, that was like two weeks ago. I'm like, no, we talked about that yesterday. It's like this crazy time slowing because you're just, it's fire hose. You're like yeah. drinking from the fire hose. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. It is. It is in a really great way. Um, But Marissa Brady's great. I mean, I don't I don't know how else to say it. It's afforded me this life. That's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't say much more than that. I never I I also like you. I'm never not in awe of it. I'm never not proud of it. It's my greatest Mm -hmm. gift. It's the thing that opened up every door for me. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have it. I ran into Mm -hmm. I met some girl yesterday. I was in the shop and. Uh, she makes, I bought, I told you, I, I like blew my wad on um, a bunch of crystal, magic crystal necklaces yesterday. I, just, I don't even know what yes. the fuck was wrong with me. I can't go, I just can't go to places like Abbott Kitty or like, I just can't. I can't go into mystical shops. <laughs> I know, we went kind of crazy. Every time I go in, I'm just like, it's this thing, it's spirit. It's spiritual materiality, right? It's this idea that totally. like, if you buy this stuff, it's going it. to make you more spiritual. Um, <laughs> and I will like, anyways, but I would just like, was like, give me all the crystals. Um, and so I, I went to this girl and I was like, I'd like something to open my heart chakra up. And she started talking to me and then, she said, I make jewelry and she's like, do you want to look at my stuff? And then I looked at her stuff and then she, and I found a necklace I liked. I said, I like this one. And she said, oh, this is a great one. This is um, great for raising your Kundalini. And I was like, well, I teach Kundalini. And she's like, you do not get out. And then I said, yeah. And I was like, well, I, I teach it mostly to, you know, she's like, where do you teach it? And I said, one class downtown, but I teach it mostly to people that, um, uh, I help people quit drinking and I teach it mostly in that context. She was like, Oh my God. Mm-hmm. She's like, I woke up this morning and I told, I said today I need to, I need to look for a resource to stop drinking. And she said, See? she was like, I, I literally this morning woke up and said that. And I know, no, coming back to me, I personally don't go around and tell people what I do for a living. I find it to be right. like the, it's the last thing I tell people. Every time somebody asks yeah. me, I like, <gasps> Okay, you right. know, I like you my eyes roll back in my head a bunch. of yeah. time. Yes, uh, it hurts to explain. And so I don't, I really don't. Um, I'm like, you know, my like I said, I don't think my extended family knows what I do at all. Um, and so, um, but, and I, so it just is odd that I had this 
conversation it's I you know like Steve and I had been walking and he had a he was like he had a phone call to make and because he'd thrown a shit fit about me trying to get out of hanging out with him to go to a protest um he like was feeling guilty about having to take a call and then he like led me to the store and he was like go nuts and then he went to go take his call and I like ran in this you know what I mean like the whole sequence of events and then this there's all these people working in the shop but I saw this girl first and then she's the one that I and there was like probably seven people working in the shop and I go to this girl and then we have you know this this exchange and so Mm -hmm. it was just like one of those things that you sit and, and then her and then she comes up and talks to me again and then her friend comes with her and her friend says um like her friend starts is like so happy and her friend like says I, I won't drink with her anymore I'm the only friend of hers that doesn't try and encourage her to, try and encourage oh her to God. drink and I'm so happy and she gave they both gave me hugs and um, oh my God. I don't do, I don't handle that very well I'm a very emotionally like um, I'm I, I do think sometimes like you got I'm, confused didn't you you're well, like wait stop I know. Well, I just am very, it's weird for me to like adjust, especially when people want an emotional response from me. It's very weird for me. I know. Um, and so I was just like, Oh my God. Um, but bringing this all back, it's so, um, it's just one of those things that like I was, she and I had a conversation. I was like, I'll send you an email with some stuff to start looking into. And, um, you know, we just like had this conversation. It's just like trekking back to what I was explaining to her. And what I was saying was that it's just like, you work in this spiritual shop, you're already on this side of things. (laughs) And it's like, it's just like the next level of clarity mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you can't get to where you're going with this shit running through your system. And no. there is just this like, anyway, so for me, it's just, it's this, yes. It's you're this, not surprised. You're like, of course, that's what's happening to you. Is that how you felt? No, I, what I felt was more along the lines of um, just this like, this trying to I guess like trying to draw this parallel between where she's immersed where her energy is what she does for a living Mm -hmm. she makes crystal necklaces she's putting energy out she's doing all this stuff and then this thing that's that that kills us and kills our energy and our and and like takes away you know when I went through kundalini training this is getting long and out of control I'm gonna stop it here but in kundalini training when I was smoking pot we talked about this on our episode with Elena um I would meditate and then I'd hit the ceiling. I'd hit the ceiling. I, I was yeah. so in tune with my energy and I could actually feel it. It was like my yeah. energy could not, my, my connection was blocked. My connection, yeah. my energy, it was almost like I was in this um, bubble of uh, that mm-hmm. was cutting me off from the source. And mm-hmm. that's, that is what, what it like until I got rid of that, I didn't have, like, I didn't, I couldn't get through the ceiling. I know. <laughs> and so for me, it's this thing. There's so many reasons I, I'm grateful for it. But one of the biggest reasons is that like, it's it is like the thing that releases you into that place where, where there's, you know, and where, you can where get you're limitless, to that. Yeah. where you're limitless and you're not limitless when you're drinking and drugging. I'm sorry. You're not. When you are drinking no. alcohol and you're using drugs, I don't care how small it is or whatnot, you know, like getting back to the Kelly Brogan episode where I still need to write mm-hmm. her a letter. It's just, you cannot put that shit in your body and expect yourself to be able to do what you need to do and actually reach the places you're trying to go. Just can't. 
No, so. you'll re, you'll hit the wall. I mean, that's what the I've said it before, like a few times on the show. What Wayne Dyer's teacher, teacher said to him is the same exact thing. If you want to achieve, you know, what you really want to achieve in this life, you can't. You can't. Alcohol has no place in your life. Um, and I felt that too. I think that was one of my most. It was the most painful thing is knowing I couldn't feel God when I was drinking or hungover or even in that loop, you know, I just, it was such a specific feeling to me of being that being shut down. And that, that was almost bigger than the like really bad outward consequences. That's right. You know what I mean? I do. Mm -hmm. I do. Cause it's painful. It's like, I mean, that's what I think we're all trying to do right in this life. Like this is yeah. like, that's what the course in miracle teaches course in miracles teaches is that we are, that everything comes from disconnection, that everything yes. comes from disconnection to source, the pain, all the, the pain. Yes. The fear, this, you know, sin, like sin is nothing more than forgetting where you came from and losing the connection to where you came from. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of, of, of returning and you can't return. Um, you can't return when you're poisoning yourself. It's just, it's like a part of it anyway. Um, anyway, I'll, yeah, I'm going to stop, but it's, so my sobriety is great. You know, it's not like, I mean, I do all these things. I wrote that piece. I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot yeah. of stuff, um, yep. to maintain it, but I also do a lot of stuff more, not to prevent me from drinking, but more to keep me on the path to where I, um, am destined, you know, to keep me yes, on this path. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, awesome. Okay. I love that answer. Okay. Mm. Wow. Sobriety was longer than normal. I guess mm -hmm. that's what happens when we put it up front. <laughs> yeah. When we're not like, okay, can I, done. can I talk, uh, can I bring up one thing? So I have a hard yeah. time listening to the episodes because my laugh, when I do that, like, that, oh my God, it's so, um, it's hard to listen to. I never knew that's what it sounded like when I lose breath. And then, um, your laugh? Mm -hmm. I love and then laugh. I do that. I <laughs> it's so bad. Anyway, I just like, I can't laugh like that anymore. So anyway, sorry. Oh, I know. I, oh. I, I am glad that our duties are divided the way oh. they are because you have to listen to all the episodes and oh. I can't. I have a I have almost an impossible time listening. It's so hard. I'm so telling hard. you guys, I'm my laugh is so much cuter in real life. It's really hard to take <laughs> <laughs> Because I throw my head back and I lose oxygen, but um, on the, it's not fun. It's not cute. Anyway, so sorry. I was just listening to it yesterday. I was like, "That's so painful." You're like, uh, "Please stop, yeah. Holly. Stop." Okay. And also, it's I need to stop saying stop you know. It is, and what? say, and also, I need to stop saying you know. Um, and we've gotten better at basically, um, but essentially, essentially, and basically are pretty are pretty good. But you know, and like, oh. They're there. Yeah, we both do that. We both do that a ton. Okay. All right. So we are Work on to or love. I want to do Ugh. love. You want to do love? Okay. Yeah, I do. What do I want to say about love? Why don't you tell me what you were just talking about right at the beginning of this? The chewing on the things. Okay. So. So this is where I've arrived um, with the love thing. 
I don't know. I have such resistance to talking about this. Uh, you always I, do. Just for the record. What? You always do. I know. So I have, I, I did this dream analysis with Meadow that completely, I mean, I wish I had a videotape for my reaction. It like completely blew my mind and, and not in like the, Oh my God, that blew my mind. But I actually like short circuited because it was so clear, um, what the, the outcome of it was, but I have basically used, uh, this men and, you know, kind of absorbing my energy into, into this bucket. Um, it's usually focused on one person. It's always focused on one person, um, as a thing to distract me and to chew on was the specific language in the dream is to chew on. So I don't have to look at and chew on the other thing, which is my writing and my work. And I mean, that's not like some massive revelation. It's not like I hadn't really known that you've said it to me a thousand times. Other people have said it to me. It's like a thing that we know that, that a lot of people do. We know that we do, but I didn't realize really how stark it was for me and how futile it is. You know, like we, we all have these behaviors where we feel like we're to, to get love, right? We have behaviors that we do that we've formulated in our childhood and our, and to get, to get love. And I, through, through understanding, it's actually came through studying the Enneagram that like my primary motivator is to avoid pain and boredom and, and trying to avoid pain. I like have just kept chewing on this thing, chew, 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 chew. And it's specific to one, to one guy. Um, and it was like, you have to stop. If you want to do this thing that you say you want to do and that you do want to do and that actually fills you up, uh, you, you have to stop chewing on this other thing. And it's so it was so clear and so stark. And so it almost made it easy in like because um, I couldn't ignore it way. <laughs> it's like <clears throat> the trade off is real. I guess that's what it what it what I what it felt like. The trade off is actually real. Like it's mm-hmm. that important. It's not like you can continue to tinker and fuck with this thing um, to distract you. It's it's more than just like a toy that you're using. It's like actually keeping you from your dar- from your dharma, from your life's work. Well, it's like that thing where we think like I can handle it, I can do this, you know. And it's we like it's like drinking, like drinking. <laughs> yeah, and it's not to say that I am like cut off from. I'm not cut off from having a relationship or having a loving relationship, but I, the, the way my motivation for going into it, which is really what we like my intent, which is really what you have to look at when you're studying behavior. My intent is to distract myself. It's not to, you know, to actually have a relationship. If it was, I wouldn't even be focusing on the kinds of guys that I focus on. Yeah. That's what's so obvious. I wouldn't look for these guys that are that can't do it, that are totally going to reject me 100% of the time and go for the pain. You know, it's like it's so obvious and so clear. 
So I, you know, that's where I am. I, it, it kind of depresses me or kind of frustrates me, kind of makes me bummed out. Uh, but it also, you know how the truth always feels good in like a <laughs> clarifying <Wow>. way. <laughs> Doesn't feel good, but there's a, there's a, like a click. It's not even, it's, it's when I would say it's when the truth clicks that it feels. Yes. The truth doesn't always feel good. Like, truth. No, the truth usually feels like shit. <laughs> um, but it's, it's when, when it clicks. It clicks. It's, and when it makes it sense feels, and when you can move on it. It feels so similar. I can't even believe it, how similar it feels in every single way to understanding the reality about my drinking, to knowing, like finally surrendering to that truth about my drinking and that I can't moderate it. I can't like like it's a, it's futile. It's like, um, there was a thing I wrote where I said, um, you know, that I finally realized that it's a dead end. It's a dead end. That's what it, that's what the, the understanding was. Yeah. Oh, this is an actual dead end. I can't like third door my way into this. I can't find some easier, softer way into it. It is an actual dead end going towards these types of men going towards this behavior it is a 100% dead end. There's not like a 10% crack where I can like skirt the system. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. So. I know. Um, ugh, it's, that's, that's where I am. And I don't feel super heavy about it, which is surprising. It's like this lesson, this thing has been trying to reach me for so long. Well, it takes um, what it takes, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it could have taken longer. <laughs> you could take, could have you know, taken longer. Could take your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I am. That's where I am. It's good. It's really good. Is it empowering? Yes. Like, oh, so empowering. It's so empowering. It doesn't, it feels like free folly, you know, like, yeah. like early sobriety does. Like, I really have no idea what's going to happen. I, it's, but it feels empowering in that. Um, not, at least I'm not doing that anymore. You know. Yeah. Ugh. What about you? What about you? Oh God, it's such a hard question to answer. Um, I don't know how I feel right now. I feel a little dead. Um, that's a actually that's a great way to put it. Um. I am, I don't have myself up on any dating apps. Um, I am, am done right now. And, um, I had this, like, I had this, I mean, just like these, like last, the last, I guess maybe the last 10 days I had just two really, um, um, painful encounters. And, um, you know, one Mm -hmm. of them was a guy that just, I wasn't even that. I mean, I, let's to be honest. I wasn't interested in as boyfriend material. I wasn't interested in as partner material. He's not my guy. He's just really hot and um, yeah. very attractive. And um, and I uh, and he's an idiot and a dick. And I just like. I mean, you and I talked about it. It wasn't like hitting myself and saying, well, maybe he's different. I didn't have any like delusions of grandeur. I just, but I, um, (laughs) 
but he he I knew he wasn't a nice guy and I hung out with him just because I needed to snuggle I just needed to snuggle I just needed to make out and have like some needs met and it was like it's not even funny anymore it's the same as you like I can't fuck around with this stuff like I can't like if I know he's a dick and I know that he's not my guy um, there's no, it's just like, there's no free pass anymore. And there wasn't yeah, a free same pass. Thing, right? There was no free pass. I went over to his house and we had those things. We snuggled and I mean, you know, we had pizza and, and then like, we just like, and then we had bad sex and I'm just <sighs> like, not the kind of girl that can pretend bad sex is cool anymore and, or go yeah. along with it. And I just, Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say it other than to say like, it just didn't, it just wasn't, it wasn't a great, what? I think, I think it's like, for me, what I hear you saying and what I've heard you say over the past six or so months is like, um, it's run, it's just run out. Like you, it's like when you wake up to this thing and you just can't not see it anymore. And it just takes the you you can't play the game anymore like with yourself you're like yeah no yeah. i'm just and i'm i'm dead to it and there's mm-hmm. nothing interesting in there's nothing interesting in being there's nothing interesting or attractive about being around somebody that you know is is not um you're somebody and there's nothing attractive yeah. or interesting about the drama of it either and um and so like the you know long story short this guy just like after sex sat there and he you know can i say it mm-hmm. can i say it can i be brutal yeah yeah he couldn't it. get his dick mm-hmm. hard couldn't get his dick hard has that ever happened to you guys have you ever been with a man that couldn't get his dick hard and then spent the rest of the time together now i have had this happen a lot and there are some very normal human beings that can deal with it because Mm-hmm. I don't have an orgasm every time I have sex. I cannot get hard every time right. I have sex. But there are, and there are certain men that can handle it and there are certain men that break and he broke and so after mm-hmm. this he like spent a few minutes telling me that it wasn't my fault which was um I'm sorry of course it wasn't my fault. And then um <laughs> Thanks for telling me thank that. Thank you. Though. And then I just kind of sat there and listened as then he started to tell me that my vagina was too small um which by the way I have never had a man complain about my small tight vagina before. That was a first. Um, and then was upset because of my cervix placement. And then went on to tell me, what else? What else did he tell me? Um, that, um, I, I mean, like that I make faces. Um, and that my faces throw him off. And that, yeah. um, I he mean. went for everything. Oh, and then condoms. He schooled me. Now, ladies, just in case you weren't aware of this, condom desensitizes a man. So just if if you ever are out there having sex, like just understand that you don't need to use condoms because it might actually impact their performance. I mean, it was just this like, like everything. And I am just, I was, like I said, I'm past this point of actually having, like giving a fuck about a conversation like this. So I just kind of, I was naked. We were naked. We hung out before. I know the guy. So I was just sitting there and I was kind of listening to him like, mm-hmm, got it. Right. Thanks. You know, like it wasn't doing anything to me. It wasn't like upsetting me. And what mm-hmm. and the fact that it wasn't upsetting me started to upset him. 
like started right. to because he was already in this place of like inadequacy. He wanted to fight. Yeah. And he wanted to fight. And then, um, and it was just like, it was just, uh, didn't end well. Didn't end well because I didn't want to fight. Um, and so, um, and just so everyone knows, I did stick up for myself at some point, but I just like, there's just no, I just, there was nothing. It was like, it was an unfair, it was an un, like, it was, uh, uh, he was like, how do I want to say this? I had a, a deeply unfair advantage to this man and it would have been like picking, it would have been like picking on a five-year-old. That was the level yeah. that we were dealing with. And so I just didn't even go there. Let him do his thing. And I had this moment when I'm leaving and it wasn't even this moment. Like I stopped at a gas station, I got water and I had this moment where I'm like, did that just happen? And the, like the gas, the attendant is like, are you okay? And I was like, I think so, but it felt I like it didn't know. feel like my heart hurt. It just felt like I'm tired and I'm really tired of this. And also yep. like I um and just outside of myself and and then I like also had this sweet moment afterwards where I drove in and I saw the skyline and I just like I you know, I know this is part of the path. This is part of what, you know, I go through and um, and so, you know, there was that and then, and then like, and then I had this like go around with a, with a man that I used to be involved with who lives in San Francisco when I got to San Francisco and I just like, it was rejection again. And I just mm-hmm. am in this space where, so I, when we interviewed Azita, Azita's a therapist and like the whole time mm-hmm. I'm, I, when we had that conversation with her, my arms were crossed, like they're crossed right now. I'm like caved yeah. in and my arms are crossed and my legs are crossed. Just like she was talking yep. about when she met Guru Singh. That's how I am right now. That's how I was that entire conversation with her. Anytime the stuff comes up, I just like, I'm, I'm close off and I'm angry um and and not like at you know not at myself I don't feel sad I don't feel like I'm damaged though sometimes I do it's more of just this feeling of like a scream like a scream like you know I've been watching Game of Thrones and and when mm-hmm. um when da- when um um when oh my god uh why can't i say it right now when danis Tar- targaryen um when when khaleesi is threatened her dragons like do this thing and they like you know roar in, in people's face and sometimes they breathe fire i am like that is the that is the best image i can explain of what i yeah. feel towards um towards yeah, towards all of it. I wouldn't say towards men, yeah. towards me, towards anything. No, it's it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And it's like, it's crazy to me. One of my friends just is just, she hasn't even filed her divorce paperwork yet. I think she's just doing that. And she's been in two relationships and she's I like, know. you know, being swept off her feet by this second guy. And I was at her apartment the other night and I just said, I need you to just sit there and I just need you to not make it better. I need you to not judge. I need you to not tell me, oh, this is when it happens. Or like, (laughs) don't, you know, like, don't, I don't need any of that shit. I need to sit here and talk about what it feels like to have not had somebody that you're in love with for seven years. And what it feels like to be single for seven Mm -hmm. years. What it feels like Mm -hmm. to not go to one wedding single like you had to do this year, but to go to every 
fucking wedding for seven years single. I needed to just, because like I never do that. I never sit around and just like, cause I don't, I don't, I don't let myself do that. I'm always like, you know, putting the optimism spin on it or I have to do this or this is the path or I get it. Thank you, God. Put me in service. You know, I I spiritualize the fuck out of it and I just needed to sit there and just say, fuck this shit. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. And so that was really Mm -hmm. awesome. And then I proceeded to just delete the fuck out of every single (laughs) ex-boyfriend out of like out of my phone, out of my life, out like on my like blocked them, blocked them from looking at my Facebook, block, 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 block. And um, and then I also like I'm in debt to an ex-boyfriend. I owe him money and I owe him money for him. He gave me money to to buy a, an SEO person that was an ex-girlfriend of his. He literally gave me money to give money to somebody that he was interested in still, I believe, yeah. at the time. And so yeah. I diverted those funds, and I'm sorry, I'm not paying him anymore. I diverted them to the ACLU and Planned Parenthood yesterday. And so I'm just done, and that's where I'm at. Um, and I don't, like, and I know I'll get through it, and I know, like, again, I'm, you know, spiritualizing it. I know I'll get through it. I know this is part of the path. I'm not dumb or blind to that, but right now, I'm just, like, fuck this yeah. shit. Fuck this shit. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't think you're, I'm not worried about you getting through it. I think I totally get it and get where you are. And I think it's, and I ain't mad at it. I'm not mad at being here. I'm not mad that I'm here. I'm not pitying myself on any level. I'm just like, I'm allowing myself to actually feel what I feel, which is just complete and total exhaustion, contempt, anger. Um, and just like, and I'm, and right now I am not happy for love. You know that? Like I'm not, I am not, I am not going to pretend that I'm totally down to hear about you and your new boyfriend. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And I like, I know that's awful, but I don't give a fuck. That's where I am right now. And I'm cool with it. I think, I think it's (laughs) the thing that's so hard is that it's, um, all the conversations that we are socialized to like want to have or have around is like, assumes you're, we're all working towards this place where we're in a good, healthy beautiful, solid relationship. Right. And so we don't, so of course your friend wants to be like, Oh no, it's okay. It's okay. You're going to get there type thing. You know, and it's like, wait, let's, and we don't, there's not a lot of room to just sit there and go, I mean, I'm the same. Like it's, I, I have been, I haven't been single for seven years, but I am one who's largely been not been in relationships most of my life, you know, and and there's like a whole thing to that. That is its own difficulty and its own hardness, its own frustration, its own like, fuck this. And it's not to be, it, it, I've never wished it wasn't because I wished so badly that I was in one, you know, it's just life is different being at that place. It's just, it's a whole set of things. It's a very different thing. And I was talking to our, like Ando said, Johnston and I are friends. And um, mm-hmm. like we, uh, we talk about this a lot because she and I have, have been single for equal amounts of time. And mm-hmm. I was, I was talking about how, I mean, it's true. And I was in a much different state when I, when we had this conversation, but I don't mind it. And I'm not like, 
I'm happy for it. I don't want to be somebody that needs somebody. Like, I don't want to be that. And I'm not somebody that needs somebody on a very, I mean, on an almost exponential level. I'm talking romantically. I don't need a, I don't need a man to feel who I am. I don't need a love like or a partner in order to be fully realized. Right. Um, but she and I were talking about it and I was like, I wouldn't have had it any other way. And it's true. I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't do one thing differently. I wouldn't have it any other way than what it is today, even though it feels awful right now. And she said, why? And I said, because there's nothing that a man can do to me anymore. There is nothing that can be taken from me by another individual. They can't call me a name. They can't do one thing that I know I won't be okay with. Like, and it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, you know? It doesn't mean that it doesn't, like, feel... We're not afraid it's going to kill you But I'm not afraid it's going to kill me. No, I'm not afraid of loving, and I'm not afraid of being hurt, and I'm not afraid of any of it, because it's all been... It's all happened now. It's all happened. And so, it's like... um, And no, of course I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be... I mean, I know I'm not going to be lost if I, if I, you know, if it gets cut off, or if it implodes, or whatever, you know? I just, like, so... It's it's got its I mean, every path has its every one of us has a specific path. Like that's what's just so wrong with this idea of needing cup needing to be coupled in order for it to mean any to for your life to actually like hit all of the benchmarks. And it's because we don't all have the same path. We have different lessons that we need to learn in this life. And you know, and I think like some people the only way some people can learn certain things is through those partnerships. And I've learned so much through certain partnerships. But I think also sometimes the only thing that some we can learn is is in the absence of those, in this clear space yep. where it's not, where it's unobtrused by, by, by that. Like I just have, you know, it's just me. And um, so anyway. But yeah, it's, um, so I'm just, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think you explained it well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's love. Love. <laughs> Ugh, can we so call what's it, the last... Can what? we just call it partnership? Or whatever. We <laughs> hate love. Yeah, yeah, we can. <laughs> can we just- partnership. Um, <laughs> lovership. <laughs> Lovers. Lovers. Let's see. The last one is career. Yeah, Work. Work. All right, you go. So I'm just gonna breathe fire over here. <laughs> work feels work is the best part of my life right now. And I mean, it's the most. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's very fulfilling for me right now. There's, um, you know, it's coming up on a year since I quit my job in April. It will be a year. Oh my god. Is I that know. right? That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you haven't filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> yeah, not yet. I mean, you know, we'll see. But no, I haven't yet. And, you know, I, I, it still feels very out of body to me a, a lot of the time. Um, like, <clears throat> I went on this retreat and I don't feel out of body in the sense that I don't know what I'm doing. I don't understand or I don't, it's just feels out of body because I feel so fulfilled by it. And that was never how I felt about work. There was such a, always such a disconnect with my work between who I was and what I did for work. Um, and it doesn't feel like that anymore. And so it's like the, 
integration of that feels like such a sweet surprise and such a joy. And even when I'm doing the shit that I hate, um, I, it feels like a joy. So if it just feels really wonderful, like doing this retreat this past weekend, I love it so much. I love the women that were there so much. I love getting to witness people changing like right before you and um, finding some piece of their truth that gives them freedom and leaving with like a different look on their face, a different energy completely. There was one woman who I said to her, it's like, you look like a different person. You look like a different person. And she's like, I feel like one. I feel, I feel so different. And sometimes you can really see it like that, you know? Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, I remember that from yoga teacher training, however long ago, just people looked completely different at the end. So I feel wonderful about work. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than I just feel very lucky. And I feel like, um, it's so not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's, but that I, I like love and accept the challenge of it. Um, and I'm still very much figuring it out. It feels new. It feels like a new relationship <laughs> Yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get that. Um, yeah, I still can't believe it's Benny. It's the same thing. It's like, it feels longer and shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when you when you said you you still don't know how to tell people you do, what you do with like you don't have an answer that doesn't cost you very much and I don't either. I need to get one. I say I help people I'm, quit drinking. I teach people how to quit drinking. That's what I say. That's a good answer. I mean, that's great. But you don't yeah. <clears throat> I always I'm like uh, I'm a yoga teacher and that sounds dumb and I'm Why? a writer and then the, I don't know. And then I'm a writer and that's like the first question is, well, what do you write? And then it's like, uh, I don't know. There's not an answer that doesn't cost me very much. So I need to come up with that. It was so easy before to be like, I work in marketing and advertising. Didn't yeah. feel better. But like, that's I didn't the thing it. is that it's like when you like, that's the thing it boiled down. Like it used to boil me down to one thing, you know that? And now yeah, it's, yeah. Anyway. What does work feel like to you? The same? We'll just. I don't know. I went to this thing last week, and it was real. It was a real eye-opening thing. It was. It was in the. I listened to like all of these experts uh, in the addiction, anxiety, and depression space, like CEOs, professors, scientists, um, lots and lots of um, white men, um, and lots of sport jackets. Um, but like some just brilliant people talking about all the latest advances in <clears throat> the treatment of addiction, anxiety, and depression. Um, and Johan Hari was there. And um, it was so funny because I'm in this room with all these people and there's Johan Hari, right? His TED Talk has accumulated 7 million views at this point. He's the one that came up with the term addiction is uh, – connection the opposite of addiction is connection he wrote this book called chasing the scream and no one in the entire room knows who he is and I like make a beat I'm like imagining that once we have our first break 
that everyone in the room is going to be crowding around him and like no one knows who he is. And so yeah. I, <laughs> uh, that's so, so funny. I walk up to him and I was just like huge fan of your work. I, you know, and we just start having this really long, beautiful conversation and, um, he's, and he's like, is it just me or is it crazy that nobody's talking about the social causes of mm-hmm. of all this stuff. I mean, there's brain scans and brain slices and there's rates of, mm-hmm. of recovery and there's, um, you know, there's, um, there's uh, stats and studies and drugs and this, like this one guy that opens it up, all right, this one dude opens it up and he says, there's three things. Um, he, first of all, white dude, not a sufferer, no sufferers represented it, no recovered people, nobody there with depression so or I know. And he goes, first of all, I don't think stigma is a thing. I think that's overrated. And then he's the first of five white men to stand up that are, that are not sufferers of mental illness or, or recovered from addiction or sufferers of addiction. Uh, except the one guy admitted a little bit of porn thing or something. I don't know. And, um, they were, they were five, five different people said they didn't believe in the stigma aspect of it and um, that they didn't think it was a thing because they have stats. And I texted Steve, who was sitting next to me, and I said, if one more white man says he doesn't believe in stigma, I'm going to go fucking postal. And, um, mm-hmm. and so and then so there was this, but he says there's three, he, the guy that doesn't believe in stigma says there's three options to people um, that, that it's just a matter of getting, you know, matching services to the, to the, to the, um, to the sufferers. And he said, it's, it's, you know, um, basically drugs, uh, devices and, um, <laughs> um, and <laughs> psychotherapy. Um, and I just was, I mean, this is a guy that is a head of a, a company I'm not going to name, but of a very big company with a very big budget. And mm-hmm. so we're sitting there and then, um, I mean, it was just like, it was all, I mean, it's, it's great on this one end because years ago when I was at health 2.0, um, the, in 2014, I, I ran a couple stages at a conference called health 2.0. My friend, uh, my friends worked there. My friend, um, uh, grace got me this gig there. And, uh, my friend Matthew Holt is the CEO of it. It's a great show that talks about how we use technology to improve healthcare outcomes and not, and I went, I, I knew every presenter there. I mean, I was, I was part of the production team. I knew every presenter that was there, every new startup, you know, in the health tech scene. And by the way, like San Francisco is the, the hub of this health tech scene. Um, and this was in the Silicon Valley and not addiction wasn't mentioned once it was, I didn't hear substance abuse or addiction mentioned once and in the entire thing. And so this is a leap because this is a, this was a venture back. This is a venture fund that was putting this on and, and it was wonderful in that these, there's all these people doing all this work, but it was completely devoid of the thing that's causing addiction in the first place, which is, which is, which is that we're sick and we turn to these things Mm -hmm. for a reason Mm -hmm. and you can't measure those reasons on a PET scan. And so, It's important work, but it's just anyway. So, uh, anyway, long story short is there's uh, you know I was sitting amongst a room that was probably accounted for at least I mean at least um, let me think uh, at least a 
you know, a couple billion dollars um, of, of, of um, either grants or, or funds or, you know what I mean? Like the, the couple yeah. billion dollars thrown at this problem. Um, and I, you know, I learned stuff that I can regurgitate and help people understand addiction. But um, what I also learned was that we're still doing this thing where we split people up into their tiny little parts and try and treat yeah. their tiny little parts instead of looking at the bigger problem, yep. which is, yep. you know, um, anyway. So, um, it just like that, like it's, it was an, it was a comfort, like a come full circle moment because I'd spent so much of this, my time in the last couple of years looking at this, wanting to be inside of this. And there I was, and I was like, this is so, this is not where it's going to happen. Um, this is, this is great. And there's improvements being made, but it's not going to happen in a Petri dish and it's not going to happen with a denial of the existence of stigma. And it's not going to happen with the idea that it's the, the solution comes in a pill form. Um, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's like, it's like engineering, it was like engineering, you know, it's like, like looking at how do we fix robots and, and you can't fix that when, when humanity is broken. So I am like career, I speaking like, like, um, you know, hung out with one of my like good friends and advisors yesterday. And I have like, I love what I'm doing and, you know, and, and I love that. I love like that. I've kind of given up on that idea and that it's a, a much different approach that I have and one that feels so much more, um, tenable and so much more, me yeah. and um yes, and I enjoy it and I enjoy it mm-hmm. and I love it and it doesn't like it's just interesting because I thought that the mark of success was getting uh I really did when I started that out the mark of success you thought the mark of success was what being invested in uh, building yeah. a company a scalable company and there's n- there was nothing that I saw that was a marker of success in what I saw at this um the marker of success is that is is outcome um, and reach and, and the marker of success is, um, you know, whether or not like a human life is actually changing in its whole for the better. And there was no one talk of how do people feel after, how are people's, what does their life look like and how do they feel? Do they want to live? Do they, um, are they just coping or do they want to live? Have they, you know, have they, have they taken their thing? And, um, you know, there were small mentions of it, but for the most part, it was, um, so sterile and what I do is not sterile and what we do is not sterile. And, um, so I just, yeah, my, I, you know, I love what I do and I love what we do and I love our community. I love our community. And I love that Johan Hari got up at the end and said that they almost were like, he, he said, it's almost like, you, you know, it's a little socially autistic in here. Like there, like, like there's just like the, how come nobody, what are we talking about? (laughs) He is like, how come nobody is talking about the conditions that lead somebody to addiction? Like, how come nobody's the social conditions, you know? And like, there was a, there was a study about how the Rust Belt has these unprecedented numbers. And he was like, what's happening in the Rust Belt? Um, and, um, you know, where's racism in this? Where's, you know, is this like this very high level view of like, where's disenfranchisement? Where's poverty? You know, where's the, where's the war on drugs? Where's all this stuff that we do? It's like every conversation we're having right now though, you know, it's like with what's going on, it's, um, it is, it's like, I won't even go any deeper than that, but it's always bigger. 
It's but, always bigger. But, it takes into like there's no it's a web and you can't just yeah, it is a web and you can't like just like Kelly Rogan said, you can't pull one little thread and not expect the whole web to be yanked. And so if some, you know, if we're going to talk about actually doing something in recovery, we have to look at the web of one ex- one's existence. You have to look at that entire existence um, and yep. and and the causes and concerns that have left that that have led somebody to to you know to to reach outside of themselves, which yep. is not you know just a specific thing that people with alcohol and drug dependency mm-hmm. ha, you know issue. It's what we it's our human condition. You know, if people yeah. didn't reach if outside I've of themselves. I've learned anything. Oh my god, it's that. It's yeah. so that. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Um, I'll get off my soapbox. It was great. I was honored to be a part of this thing. It was great to see the latest stuff that's happening. It's useful. It's definitely useful to understand how the brain works and how meditation works and all, you know, yes. and all this stuff. Um, but it just, we can't do this stuff in silos anymore. It's just, it's profoundly absurd. Yeah. Um, so yeah, career's going good. All right. Love it. Uh, is that it? That's it. Okay. Wait, are we almost went for two hours. Is that possible, or did you start you, recording? Before you I started, no, no, no. We've only been recording for an hour and ten minutes. Infinitely.